the Augustin Hosinga show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. Yo, welcome back to the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and this is episode number 606. That is 606 of the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga. How you doing? How you feeling? Great, amazing, good to know. How am I feeling pretty decent? I'm not going to lie. I had a rare little um, dillyance with the outside world today because for, for the most part, I spent most of my time in the gym at home in a nightclub, in a gym, at home, in a nightclub. So I don't necessarily go anywhere else apart from those three sort of areas. I don't necessarily interact with the outside world unless I'm on the way to, I'm on the way, I'm on the wave, I'm on the way, 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 way. I'm on the way to some rave. So it was quite nice to go on the morning commute to come back, you know, like home time rush hour and stuff. All that was pretty decent. And I have to be honest and say that I've made previous comments before about my kind of, um, insistence that the world should change to a like work from home sort of type vibe that we should go to having like you know four day weeks and stuff you know that sort of like new age thinking in terms of allowing people to do the things they actually enjoy doing on the time that they have off but I think the way we have it now at the moment where most office jobs are quite flexy in terms of you being able to go into work or you being able to work from home the reason why I think it's quite cool is that the moment you have that flexibility to go in when you want to you know, stay home when you want. But I do think it's quite important and maybe a requirement for every kind of living, breathing human being to actually go into the office at least once a week, maybe every one, once every other week. It's good to see your colleagues. It's good to kind of get that workflow back as well. Um, and I even find it myself, like I'm quite, you know, I would say I'm pretty self-motivated. Um, I don't need, really need people to tell me what to do in order for me to kind of get going to do the things that I need to get done. Um, I don't need somebody like, you know, on my shoulder telling me what to do. Hey, do that, do that, whatever. I can kind of get it done on my own. But even I have noticed a real kind of difference in my kind of output, in my kind of work, um, in my completion rate, in my concentration levels, in the quality of the stuff that I do when I'm actually in the building. Do you know I mean in the building and it's again it's not like I've got like a massive team that I work with it's not like we like hundreds and hundreds of people but still just be having the you know the vibe of everybody around you working as well the, the keyboards clacking people nipping off to get some water going to get coffees having lunch discussing some current new stuff getting back to working again like all that stuff is super important you end up concentrating a lot more than I would at home which is bizarre because you know there's hardly any distractions when I'm at home but for some reason um, you tend to kind of you know get a little bit distracted maybe you Lost, lost track of time whatever maybe you call you just at home so it's not really the same sort of work mode I know for myself for the most part you know I treat you know different areas different so when I go to the gym I'm not on my phone I just put any album on or I put on shuffle and I'm just banging out the workout when I'm at home 
if I'm watching a, something series, I might be on my di a different tab watching other stuff and I'm more distracted. If I'm outside, you know, maybe in a club or somewhere, I, I try not to be my phone on the dance floor. Those kind of, I've got these little rules I have in, in general about the way that I kind of conduct myself. And I guess it does extend itself a little bit into my work. So maybe it's not surprising that when I do go into the office, I actually do concentrate a lot better because my mind switches to that kind of automatic work mode so i did find it quite enjoyable i'm not going to lie so i think i might be one of those people that kind of has to recant my earlier statement about working from home and say hey it's it's brilliant for some people some people can have the ability to work from home permanently and it's fine for them and I'm assuming if you have kids it's probably super important to have the ability to you know be there for your kids and raise them and look after them and whatnot especially if you have it's a rare chance no one really had this beforehand beforehand you just had to kind of make it work by hiring a nanny leaving them with friends and family whatever it may be but now you have that luxury especially if you've got a newborn why not take advantage of it that makes complete sense but if you don't and you have the ability to maybe go in more often i think you should even if it's far just go in once a week it really is beneficial i honestly do believe it and unfortunately too unfortunately or fortunately in the workplace we have to be a we have to be kind of honest you know as as, as important as it is to be like good at what you do and to deliver high quality work and to be a pleasure to be around within a workplace there is a little bit yeah and all the last point that actually i made there is a real importance about being a pleasure to be around and it's quite important to see to let people like kind of touch you feel you hear you kind of thing um it does go a long way you know in the same way that you know back when we used to all be in offices or all be at, at our workplaces it was pretty important sometimes to go to the odd christmas party to go to the odd summer party to go for a drink after work with some of your colleagues it's quite important maybe just do that once or twice even if you don't drink just to be around them to kind of show that you're quite of normal you're cool you're not a knock you're not gonna snitch you know i mean just to kind of make everyone feel at ease and to kind of in, you know ingratiate you into the family of the people that you work with because you know essentially they do turn into your de facto family because you spend freaking eight plus hours with these people every single day in some capacity so they get to know you in an intimate level um sometimes especially if you end up having friends that you go out with and stuff so it's quite important it really is important so i'm happy that that kind of um that was my realization going into today that hey, it's quite important to go into work and I've, you know i jumped on my bike had my new iraq gloves i was fucking wearing cycling around my little light on the back last it felt good i'm not going to lie i felt pretty decent so i'm probably going to end up doing that more regularly going forward so i'm happy with that i'm happy with that anyway so many things to talk about today it's going to be a pretty heavy heavy kanye centric pod because there's loads of things i want to cover that he posted on his instagram that you know that made me laugh and chuckle made me you know shocked and appalled and just was super entertaining for someone like myself who doesn't really have many things to watch online anymore and for the most part spend most of my time you know checking out documentaries reading books and stuff so when i see all this nonsense and all this kind of drivel online it is quite entertaining and it distracts us again for the from the scourge of everyday life so i'm pretty much down with it but we're going to start with a couple of bits and then we're going to get slowly into the Kanye stuff so if you're not into that kind of thing i understand but this is definitely going to be one of those kind of pods so first things first to talk about and you know might as well get it out of the way because it's quite nice and quite cathartic to get a little bit of like capital h hate out of the way just to kind of get it out of your system but god almighty man i saw one of the most depressing pieces of news i've seen in a long long time like it made me it made me want to cry deep down inside it made me want to cry i was like oh man come on this is capital l lame and as you guys know i'm not the biggest fan of hidden ny and most of those kind of meme 
aggregate kind of pages because for the most part they're devoid of any originality um they're essentially the sort of um they're essentially those blogs that you used to have back in the day on tumblr like you'd, you'd have your own little tumblr that you will be you know curating and spending time gathering images maybe even scanning stuff in like i was and then bigger platforms that were super lame had no taste or just be reposting yourself with no credits right and or retumbling however the, the term was called on their thing and it basically they take your stuff and make it pop obviously because they had a bigger platform whilst you'll be there kind of fighting for scraps so it kind of reminds me of that but now in this sort of new age it feels like a cheat way to kind of to kind of pretend like you get it to pretend like you're um you're in the know to pretend like you're down to pretend like you were outside when you weren't really outside you're just kind of re you know um you're just kind of um creating this weird imagined nostalgia right you're just kind of trying to rewrite history in real time and trying to make it seem like you were there when we were outside when you weren't really so pages like hidden and why i do that a lot by posting all these you know old rick owing pictures these old pictures of flipping nigo of hiroshi fujiwara um old pictures of supreme the original stores james jebbia skaters on supreme supreme all this other stuff and it makes it kind of seem like these guys are like entrenched in streetwear community they're entrenched they're entrenched in the sneaker community they're entrenched in the culture in general and that isn't the case because most of these guys are dweebs and they're super young so it's not gonna run in terms of you being outside you wasn't it's just how it isn't gonna it doesn't the maths ain't mathing so obviously one of the pages hidden and why i'm not really a fan of at all in the slightest they have making a collaboration with flipping nerd mate nerd like do you know how heartbreaking that is being a avid flipping pharrell fanboy that i am being an absolute fanboy of nerd from back in the day and even myself as well i have a really com weird relationship with pharrell and nerd because i was around at the time when the people that i used to go out with and stuff and go to queue outside of stores like we'd go to places like you know like busy workshop do you guys remember that it was a uh, the original uh vape store in flipping upper james street in london right it was fucking amazing looking we used to queue outside this flipping establishment um all the time for the new drops and stuff and usually we didn't get it because all these other cunts who were basically favored by the store clerks because they would buy more than us of course would end up kind of getting the first dibs on items or they'd only order uh, you know they'd have like chomper jacket i remember there's a coarse chomper jacket that i really wanted but they only had like four or something and two of the staff members took it so only two are available on the shop floor by the time we got in there i was already gone like it got to the point where i was queuing up one day and i don't know what it was it must have been like a shark hoodie drops or something and they all sold out by the time i got to the store and anything i could buy was a bit of sellotape like and i bought a bit of sellotape to make myself feel good they put it in a little bag and everything i felt so pathetic man but that was the kind of time that i was about and the really weird thing about this era was that we were all on we were kind of all on bape and all that stuff. yeah we were kind of all on bape at the same time that Pharrell was it was kind of strange he was kind of getting into the same time that he was meeting Nigo so it wasn't like he was like our hero oh look at him he's away and stuff like how he is now no it wasn't really that thing at all so I mostly appreciate Pharrell from that music standpoint if anything when it came to bape stuff I kind of found him corny like oh if he's wearing it I'm not gonna wear it because it's lame and then when he started doing the BBC stuff it started to become a little bit more easier to kind of you know digest because the BBC aesthetically was a lot different than what bape was doing but still it was a weird relationship you know people that around that time would know like people didn't really vibe with Pharrell that way but made music side of course you know I'm a fucking you know yeah there's no need to talk about in search of and what that kind of did for me and kind of growing up and whatnot but you know a big fan of it and the sad thing about this hidden and wide thing especially when it comes to me and NERD is that back in the day like a lot of people I'm assuming who were in love with Pharrell in love with NERD um you know and everything else surrounding that group 
I used to screen print these hats. Like I used to get these hats, this logo, right? I'd get it from flipping Google images or whatnot. And I'd, and I'd take this and I'd put it on some heat transfer paper, you know, do the whole reverse image stuff. And then iron that onto t-shirts, iron that onto trucker hats. I made my own trucker hat because I couldn't find them. Because now you can find them, you know, you can, I'm, I'm sure you can probably be able to find a flipping NERD hat on Amazon or something. But back in the day, it was hard to find them. And the legit ones were really expensive. I think at the time they're like 60 pounds or something for a legit NERD trucker hat. And I remember their trucker hats were the first ones I saw where the buckle or the strap at the back had like two rows of of like holes and clips and stuff to clip it with most truck hats had the one so when you saw it you're like wow this is like premium but it's just a different type of strap you never saw before and the, and the shape of it was a bit more boxy it wasn't as flat as some truck hats i'm kind of used to seeing and whatnot so i did that whole thing and i remember i sold i think i sold a couple at my church or maybe i gave a couple away i think because i forgot what it was but that was the thing i'd wear like the white one with the blender with the bbc logo on it but in the boys club that original logo i did the nrd thing so i was engrossed in it i was obsessed with this guy so much so to see them collaborate with such a lame lamezoid page like hidden ny breaks my heart and the only thing that makes me somewhat you know happy about this collaboration and the lameness of it is the fact that it looks kind of crap you know i mean just like you know no no hate aside like just kind of objectively looking at it the logo and hidden at the bottom it just looks kind of terrible it doesn't really make any sense the logo is probably the logo is probably a bit too big and the font's too wide i don't like how wide that font is outside of the you know what i mean it just looks a bit strange i don't like that at all um the colors as well don't look that great um and yeah it just looks a bit shit to be honest it looks like the kind of thing somebody that wears flipping gallery department would, would be into do you know what i mean like that's the kind of thing you'd be into your gallery department with your flipping um palm angels um you know sandals and shit that's the kind of stuff you'd wear for sure but for someone like myself who was actually outside when this was happening and who you know would regard myself as having a modicum of taste not the most taste not the best taste but i have a little sprinkling of it this is a bit dead i'm not going to lie actually that logo is better this logo i preferred if i had to choose i preferred this logo with hidden across the flipping um brain uh, bulb thing then the one they have here where it's underneath yeah i mean it just doesn't look that great that hidden nerd of course looks perfect but this looks just terrible in general you know and the model giving it the blue steel as well not the best even the pictures aren't that well done as well the pictures are just terrible like it's not the model's fault but it's just you know the idea behind the pictures there's no no artistry behind it nothing really interesting or creative what story are they telling nothing it's just we're able to kind of you know latch upon this jump on it whoever's licensing any idea at the moment as well this is just like an easy win to get some product out there and shift it and sell it to kids who are trying to you know um rewrite history create a bit of imagined nostalgia and pretend that like they're taking part in something that they weren't really taking part in but yeah it's just terrible i hate everything about it and also the hoodie why has it got these like yeah it's just the pot the the kangaroo pocket thing with these seams I, I just don't like it i think it's all pretty shit personally um and definitely won't be worth whatever cash they're flipping charging for this let's see how much they are charging for it, actually okay no idea on price interesting copy the hidden and wine nerd collection is set to release october 7th for hidden members <laughs> imagine being a member of that fucking shit um at 12 p.m et it's bad enough you follow the page and you think the guy is actually saying anything interesting to being an actual member of it is absolutely that's lame juice isn't it that's epitome of lame juice that's like going to like a that's like going to like a seminar where they teach you how to customize trainers. It's like, what? Just watch a YouTube video or just try Buy some shit shoes and paint them yourself. Why are you going to a, a convention and paying some sneaker designer 
to let you know how to put Python flipping material on a pair of Jordan 1s. Just work out some new ideas. But regardless, it's just not the best for me. I don't, I'm not really a fan of it at all in the slightest. But hey, I'm happy I kind of lived the experience I did at the time when it was relevant and it was somewhat important to my life because, you know, you wouldn't catch me dead walking in that stuff. Not, in a, not, in, not a chance. Not a bloody chance. Okay, moving on. We're talking about oval space. So, um, a couple of days ago, it was breaking news, actually, in my little sector of the um, internet, that Oval Space, a club here in London, which is in East London, a pretty decent club in terms of the guests that they're able to get in. And they have like an adjacent um, space as well called Pickle Factory, where they do also some events. Um, Oval Space is those weird ones in London where, if I'm not mistaken, it's like more than 500 people capacity. It might be 750 or something. But the shape of it is like, it's just, just, just a gargantuan shape. It's like under a, uh, one of those kind of triangle type hut shapes, but it's really wide. Um, and every time I've gone there, no matter who, how big the DJ is, it always feels empty because it's just so much room to fill. So it's a really difficult space to make work as a nightclub, right? And of course, the other thing on top of that, for whatever reason, I don't know who handles the bookings there or who manages the space. It's really expensive, drinks-wise. It kind of feels like a central London club, but it's based in East London. It's really odd. Like, I remember once going there and, like, giving a bartender £10 for, like, a whiskey and Coke and not getting any change back. I was like, yikes. Like, okay, cool. I'm definitely in, um, you know, I'm definitely in an expensive nightclub. So it was kind of hard to get used to all that sort of stuff. But the one thing I do like about it, it's got an amazing kind of outdoor smoking area bit that kind of overlooks, if I'm not mistaken, these massive... Um, oil drums i think they're what they're called it's just the views are really nice at night you can just go out there if you know even if you're not smoking just to hang out and do your chat because that's one of my favorite spots to kind of hang out at nightclubs anyway after you've kind of danced your face off to kind of go outside and just you know get chatting to randoms and other fellow fans of the pa people that you're there to see and um there was some obviously heartbreaking news that Oval had lost their license right and at the time when it was happened i remember saying oh this is annoying why is it every time there's an issue at a nightclub um there's the first kind of port of action is always to close there's never like consultation there's never like okay how are we going to make this right how are we going to make this work what lessons can we take from this to not make it happen again the kind of first response always when something pops off in a nightclub whether it's somebody unfortunately passing away somebody injuring himself a fight weapons is always straight away to go to the cans to go to the basically like closing the doors of the place and basically saying hey no license which basically means you know it's redundant as a nightclub or you know really strict in terms of how they approve their license either way it kind of kills any momentum they have and news like this also doesn't help and me talking about it doesn't help because it spreads um it spreads that kind of not so say misinformation it just spreads um, uncertainty out there in a the clubbing space and that kind of you know seep through people start spreading rumors oh it's gone it's gone it's gone and it's kind of over before it's even started but this extra new bit of news that happened recently has maybe shed some light on it and maybe has offered a kind of different perspective on why they ended up closing so this is courtesy of ra and it says oval spaces license was revoked due to poor management and escalating violence as tower hamlets cancel it's a Times Council revoked to venues over space license on the grounds of poor management and escalating violence. The decision was delivered at a licensing subcommittee meeting on Tuesday, 27th of September. Oval Space's license was under review for the, what's that? Second time in just over a year after an alleged shooting at the venue in the early hours of August 30th, last review followed, uh, followed a stabbing in February 2020. Now, the reason why I think this is really important is that for someone like myself who's been to this nightclub a lot and who's also been, you know, 
searched quite roughly and thoroughly by the security guards there who are really on job, right? It feels like that's number one of those nightclubs where it feels like the security guards are always on top of you. And it, called, it also might explain why everybody went to E1, actually. It might explain why a lot of promoters, because I always wondered, why would they go to E1 and not go to, you know, Oval Space or Pick a Factory? But to be fair, the bouncers and the security people at E1, even though the crowd can be a bit random, they do kind of leave you to your own devices. They don't really bother you. As soon as you get past the, the you know, the entry doors and stuff, they kind of leave you alone. Even the entry doors, they're pretty safe. But I always felt like an Oval, it kind of reminded me, um, of like how fabric used to be, right? When people didn't like to go to fabric because you'd go through these metal detectors and there'd be dogs there and shit. It was just super aggressive. It was, a, it was, a, it was like the supreme vibe killer. And I feel like Oval Space did the same sort of thing. So it's pretty funny to me that they'd go to all that extent to really aggressively search people like myself and try to, you know, confiscate, you know, a little bit of ket or something or an MD or some coke or some pills or whatnot because I don't want you to, you know, how dare you go in there and try and have a good time. But then people are able to, what, smuggle in weapons, like an actual handgun. Or, you know, or you've got people in that place that you're letting in who attract people who have handguns. People are bringing in knives and stuff. People are fighting. Like, come on, man, you're you're worried about us with a couple of grounds, but really you should be worried about these people because they're the ones that end up, you know, getting your license revoked. And essentially, it's cost everyone a job that's associated with the club, let alone the DJs and the artists that play there. Everyone that's, you know, involved in the actual running of that place is going to suffer off the back of this it continues earlier today the council published a document explaining the week's this week's decision according to pc mark perry the manager of the venue hasn't improved since the last review he pointed out the factors such as the sale of alcohol to intoxicated ravers failure to install the id scanner system called club scan and hiring inadequate door security see i told you which led to a firearm entering the premise in august so they were given ample warning they were, this is actually goes against what I say in terms of our day. I feel like they, whenever there's a incident in the club, they always close it. It looks like there was some level of consultation or there was like a, you know, a kind of final kind of third warning. Hey, if you don't improve this, you're out. And they didn't want to improve it. And obviously then the license got revoked. And I like they did this because I guess they knew that maybe the club owners were going to bank on the sympathy of you know ravers like myself and people like myself who kind of always cry gentrification and this is not fair because you know we don't have the information so they wanted to put the information out there and say hey no actually there's more to the story that you don't know like these guys you know were taking a piss they weren't really doing their jobs correctly so we had to make sure that people were safe in the long term it continues pc perry also said oval space appeared to be controlled by gangs <laughs> <laughs> a separate operation tried to officer said the suspects were local gang members who may have a mutual agreement with the security firm to keep relative peace oh my god they had fucking cartel members in oval space um breaking up fights and shit pc perry pointed to past alleged violent instances at the venue including two fights in 2022 and a stabbing in 2020 Paddy Wuha, solicitor for Oval Space license holder Dean James, rejected the claim that the venue had been taken over by gangs. In a statement to resident advisor, Oval Space also rejected the claim. He said, Here, we're incredibly disappointed by this week's decision by Tyler Hammett, who emphasized that a difficult decision is to make. It's incidents. This incident isn't a reflection of many it's safe and inclusive events of the venues, uh, events the venue 
host for London Sorry each month and has done for many years. We completely dispute any claims that the venue is gang affiliated. <laughs> we acknowledge that security errors are made in relation to it. Oh, really? You acknowledge it? Okay, good to know. We take responsibility for and we'll be working closely with the relevant authorities to address this issue. They might also just close the whole thing that is rotten to the core, mate. Um, think about it, man. Like, kink parties that should scare... Because the kink scene thing, the Save Our Spaces, was probably a harder thing to protest against and win because automatically, you know, from just a naked eye looking at that, pe looking at those people who are from that scene, it's a bit scary for a normie to kind of get. They're all in latex. They're wearing flipping spandex, no, well, latex leather. They're tight, mesh. This. Some of them are half naked. You know, some of them, you know, are submissive. They've got dog uniforms on. The furries, whatever it is. I can understand why I'd normally be a bit freaked out by it, but if Tower Hammers were able to understand the plight of the kink community and you know the need to have you know safe spaces for them to be able to operate and do their thing then these guys have no excuse to be able to kind of not get their license revoked. All you had to do was make sure fucking, you know, the Sinaloa cartel didn't come down and start operating inside your club. It's not that difficult to do. And the fact that they didn't flip in and fix that is just mostly their error, isn't it? James apologized to the subcommittee. He said the venue had resolved its problems since the last review and had been receiving positive feedback from the police. Unless <laughs> it's authority. He said it was important to keep the venue open to continue supporting local jobs in the community. Mate, that's too late. You fucked them over by not addressing it properly and actually making the relevant changes. And now look, you've cost a lot of people their jobs. Your reputation is in absolute tatters. And people like myself are not on your side. And I should be on your side, do you know what I mean? Ultimately, the subcommittee disagreed. They felt the issues were very well taking place despite the best efforts of license holders and staff. They have arisen because of the failures of their part. The subcommittee is ultimately concerned with the safety of the wider public, exactly. And we satisfied that the only appropriate and proportionate action is to revoke the premises license. So effectively, it just turns it into what? A glorified um, we work basically, right? Without the desk and tables and shit. That's what basically it's going to be. Or it's going to be one of those places where um what you call it people do like they film um, commercials and stuff and adverts that's it nothing else is gonna go on in there it's done it's a wrap it's over it was based on appeal decision we would like to thank everyone for the continued support this person said since launching in 2012 Overspace has been one of London's most popular venues hosting club nights hosting live events and telex conferences among many other events in 2015 the team opened a sister club pickle factory which sits opposite it's quite telling though from my experience again I don't know if it's just a promoter thing because it's good to kind of test other venues and see what works for you but it's pretty telling in the last few years there's been a lot of big promoters in london have basically decided to do parties and elsewhere they were maybe started in places like oval space and slowly but surely they went to other venues just because you know they couldn't handle that anymore so maybe it's quite telling that you know maybe the security there were just not doing their job correctly and promoters just not really to take that sort of risk by having all these ragamuffins at their club and basically ruining their reputation as well with that sort of stuff so maybe that that's kind of a buy on it but you know i think they only have themselves to blame to be honest i don't think they have anyone else to blame on this issue but themselves no one else to blame but themselves so um let's move on from that one and let's talk about this quickly not that one let's move about this one just to it. No, 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 we don't want to mention Honey Dijon. I think that's cool. Yeah, this is pretty nice. This is um a book that's coming out courtesy of Mixmag. I thought this was pretty cool. And it says here, Mixmag presents Destination Dance Law, a new book celebrating global dance music. Exploring the global club scene through photography, guides, and insider recommendations with some of electronic music's biggest names. 
I love books like this. Like, I know they're a little bit naff, they're a little bit lame, a little bit corny, but essentially, books like this are sort of the kind of thing I wanted to do with my zine. When I was first going out, I used to take all these really cool 35mm pictures of clubs I was going to. I'd do these little audio recording interviews with my dictaphone, with promoters and flipping DJs and ask them their opinion on certain things. And a lot of it would be like... um a lot of it would be this sort of kind of realm of things like recommendations and you know how to go on a night out and have fun like those are loads of kind of cool shit that i was kind of you know exploring in my head and you know having these sort of coffee table books with great photography is always something that i'm always down for so when i see stuff like this i'm always going to be interested so it says here a must read for clubbers and past and present and future the book gives insight into the cities around the world that have influenced dance music and dj culture in a major way looking at everywhere from london to tokyo chicago to berlin cab um cam Pala to Sao Paulo, Lagos to Shendu, to Shengdu, sorry, and beyond throughout the book, destination dance floor explores the clubs, events, and local DJs and record stores. Penned by former mixed magator Duncan Dick. Jesus, what a name, isn't it? Duncan Dick. Um, destination dance floor seeks out some of the uh, best tips and tricks from industry insiders and long running dance music veterans through the club guides. In a total, 50 key global locations are examined, spanning across North, North, Central, and South America, Europe, Africa, Middle East, Asia, and Oceans. Oceana out in this October. So, yeah, 240 pages all in color. Oh, there's going to be a forward from Carl Crocs, of course. All right, mate. Yeah, just have fun out there, right? Just go out there and have fun. Go out and have fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Proper gazer. Bloody idiot. But yeah, um, what's this thing called? Let's see a quote. Cox said, Clubs are the heart of our culture. Bringing people together from all backgrounds who share common desire to be part of something special. Cox says, opening the page of the destination dance floor. I spent my working life in clubs all over the world, meeting wonderful people, building lifelong relationships, he writes. I'm so proud that our little movement goes to such a phenomenal global force. Like, absolute wild. But yeah, I'm still going to get the book anyway. Destination Dance Floor, coming out in October. Um, Duncan Dick and Forward by flipping Carl fucking Cox. So keep that an eye out for that one. When that does eventually come out, keep an eye out for that one. Next, we've got this pretty sick news that I kind of heard a while back because I was um, sent a beta test I think email about it but I didn't really follow through on it but regardless this is courtesy of RA and it says Berlin radio station whore I think that's how you pronounce it um, to unveil new website and subscription service the site goes live October 17th so as most of you know I've been a bit of a fanboy of whore since it kind of launched I guess around the pandemic times it's this amazing little online live stream DJ thing that they do um, in the depths of Berlin Some, I think it might be even Neukölln I'm pretty sure it might be Neukölln I'm not too sure if it is but it's in this former bathroom um, converged, converted place um, loads of uh, what's, what's that thing called um, loads of ceramic all over over the place all in white um with this kind of green oak tint light thing going on uh, which i'm always kind of a big fan of what they do in that respect and they have place to keep people playing every single day it feels like from you know to sun from sunset to sundown and it's really been good and i think especially during the pandemic for people in berlin i, I would assume <clears throat> looking from the outside in you know that entire city basically his heartbeat is techno and dance music and clubs etc and a lot of the people that moved there moved there with that intention of making it in that scene 
So imagine what the pandemic must have done to people. I remember during the pandemic, actually reading a few articles about people suffering in terms of mental health, suffering in terms of, you know, career crisis, because, you know, I remember reading mm -hmm. accounts of people who legitimately moved there and then they had all these gigs booked out, you know, to take their careers to the next level. And then bang, pandemic happens and it all kind of comes to a halt or they were there for school and then school shut down. Like loads of crazy stuff happened. So um, it was cool to see Hall because I got the feeling just from looking at it from afar, that a lot of people that were on there were really happy and glad that they had this sort of outlet that they could go and play at and have some fun and you know kind of replicate the club environment even when the clubs were closed it kind of gave them um an excuse to get out of the house and a way to kind of take your mind off kind of the horrors of everyday life so they did an amazing job and in general as well from what i can see they also made, ended up promoting and uplifting a lot of kind of up and coming people that probably would never have got a chance to really showcase their talents on that global level because no one would have cared because everyone's at home and they didn't have nothing to do and were kind of you know trying to absorb as much content as possible to distract them from the everyday life horrors and I saw myself you know myself I even I got that little bit of a bump on my YouTube channel because I kind of started taking it seriously during that time also a lot of those guys careers went really really high so um they've done a lot in the community for that regard and i even had a slight opportunity to go on there this was really early when they started you know the emails were a lot more responsive in their emails in terms of getting back to people but now that they're flipping big potatoes you know it's not even worth it i'd rather just um focus on doing my thing and hopefully somewhere down the line if if it's you know if the flipping universe agrees somebody over there will notice and want to kind of book me to come on there but reaching out to people like that at this moment considering how big they are is probably a bit of a waste of time but i'm happy to see them go from strength to strength and kind of evolve and turn into this other thing where they're doing events themselves i saw they were live streaming a festival where they create i think a stage i think also but they're just doing great, amazing things. And this other situation that going going forward is pretty good idea to kind of generate some income and money um, so they can keep themselves going. Because I imagine a thing like this, a run isn't cheap. It looks cheap, but it probably isn't cheap, I'd imagine. Uh, so it says, Hall, um, one of Berlin's um, prem preeminent pre right is that how you say it? yeah preeminent online platforms has announced a new home for its future broadcast via their instagram officially launching on october 17th the site will continue to offer free live streaming for its 1 million monthly viewers wow 1 million monthly viewers is sick the radio will also begin um to provide new features for paid subscribers this will help ensure the more sustainable revenue um system by developing a fair share model that introduces a new income stream for artists and keeps operation up and running according to a press release with monthly subscriptions users can access track identification of the music played a library containing all broadcasts and moderated live comments section in a personal area to save our sets and tracks i like that because this i guess the the um, the track identification thing is pretty handy, but I guess there's somebody in the comments already on YouTube who's always uploading the flipping track list. It's flipping incredible. And everyone just kind of chips in. But it's quite nice to have like a dedicated one where maybe they're going to hit up the, the DJ and say, hey, give us a list. And they're going to load down every single list, even the white labels, and give them to them. So that's going to be pretty nice. A library of all the broadcasts. So you can check back all the ones from yesteryear. So that's nice. So I think from October 17th, they're going to basically know that whole channel is going to get wiped or maybe they're going to archive it or delist a lot of the other things so basically check it out before it all gets done the moderated live chat is really cool because they don't have a live chat at all if i remember when they first started they did have a live chat i'm pretty sure and if i remember correctly similar to the mama snake thing because I, I think mama snake was kind of the weird sort of like final domino in terms of getting the ra comments closed when she had that ra podcast where she complained about 
something to do with society that had nothing to do with the mix and people reacted wrongly to it in the comments and then I guess she got mad I don't know I think something happened like that I think the same thing happened in um with Hall where during the pandemic they must have invited over some uh some Asian acts or some Asian DJs on Asian label I don't know something to do with that I think and they were all on there with their masks and stuff this was a peak pandemic and um <laughs> the comments were not were not kind in terms of some of the stuff they were saying like bordering on xenophobia I'd, I'd say in terms of blaming them for covid and stuff and then i think from that moment on they kind of locked the live stream comments so you couldn't comment live but obviously you can still leave comments after the fact so that would be quite cool to have a live comment section and they would have this personal area where you can save favorite sets and tracks is pretty cool too because there's times where you know i've been getting ready to go out to the clubs and i want to check out a set there and i don't know what to check or to or to select and i forgot what set that i liked and enjoyed so just having a dedicated place where you can just okay quickly check and check your kind of favorite list of um sets that you want to see whack one on before you go out have a couple of bumps and a couple of lines and a drink and then you know you're on your way you know what i mean it makes sense um established in august 2019 by a tel aviv production duo tv out Oh, is it TV out? Wasn't there the people that did something at um, Same Heads back in the day? Oh, I'm mistaken. I, I recognize this name. TV out. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, whole experience arising with prominence during the COVID-19 pandemic as clubbers flock to live stream platforms. Check out the Instagram posts as well as the events listing for their shows in October. But yeah, this is it, man. Um, they've got the, the whole live coming soon. Oh, they've got an event coming up in Berlin, in London, actually, in Phonics. Interesting. And then I've got another event coming out in ADE the next month as well. But yeah, I'm not going to go because I'm fortunate for Sober October. So definitely check them out anyway. Um, it's cool to see. I'm hoping it's going to be successful for them going forward. And they're going to be able to go from strength to strength. Because again, it's one of my favorite platforms. One of my favorite online radio stations that I actually watch and check out. Not like the other ones that people talk about, you know, that no one really watches. The less said about that, the better, in it? Move on. So... Another bit of news here that I quite like regarding a new listening bar opening up in North London called, um, what's it called? Does it got a name to it? It's called System, actually. Let me check out here. Put it on the screen. So it's courtesy of Mixed Mag. It says, new listening bar opens in North London butcher shop called System. And these um, listening bar things are something that I came accustomed to, I guess mainly because of David Mancuso and what he was doing back in the day. Right, there was this idea of like he was basically having he had this one it, it was kind of like a it was like a club a dance yeah it was like a club what he was doing basically but it felt like a listening bar thing would have a great sound system incredible interior design or interior decoration whatever it may be called installations and whatnot you'd have this great sound system this one deck him playing great records and people just losing their minds and i think the japanese sort of like involved that kind of um uh those kind of core ingredients that took it to the next level by just having these lush bars with these great furniture and magazines and big you know coffee table books and cool artwork maybe a tattoo studio in the corner good ambience and whatnot maybe some good food and just some a good place where you can just go and put a record on and kind of listen to it in the background and a great sound system pretty cool and we don't have a lot of them in london which we probably should because if anything london's turned into a city of fucking restaurants right the local council seem to flip in prioritize restaurants over nightclubs they hate nightclubs right most local councils hate them 
So I think the good middle ground for a nightclub and for somewhere you could listen to, well, a nightclub and also like a restaurant bar type place would be a listening bar, in my opinion. I think they'd work really well, especially now given that everyone is pretending to be into wine and be all mature and shit. It's probably a good idea to kind of have more of these places open up. So I'm quite excited for this. I'm not going to lie. It says, yeah, a new listening bar named System has taken over a butcher shop in North London with events that take place every Thursday and Friday evening. So, okay. It's a little temporary thing. Based in Newington Green Road, the bar will already um has already hosted a few listening events with local djs you can listen to here let's get this up, up, up let's get this up on she on soundcloud and see what it actually sounds like because i'm actually curious to see it i like the logo i like the font that they're using <clears throat> sorry i like the fact that it's in all caps i love the logo they're using on there listening bar 101 newton green they got a person called jack walker that played on saturday Oh, on the faith, sorry. Um, who else have they got there? Someone called Pasta Kebab. That's a good name, isn't it? Let's play that, see what that sounds like. I'm, I'm 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 for it man i'm for that i'm probably gonna definitely hit that spot and check it out man having some drinks in that kind of dimly lit arena with those sort of vibes playing let's see what jack walker sounds like I'm down, I'm down. This sounds fucking cool, man. I'm fucking down. I'm game. I'm sold. I'm involved. Get me in there. Um, keeping much of the butcher shop character, the new bar would also use as a tannoy system from the 1970s. Uh, a new hi-fi bar is also recently opened in London called Jumbi, launched by Rhythm Sound. Da, 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 da. Okay, cool. Hi-fi bar is aimed to share the music and food with the founders of the Caribbean. Um, they got events listed up here. October. The sixth, they got Susanna Ray. How's it? Ray End, a person called Koji playing on October seventh. Uh, Oliver K October thirteenth, and so forth and so on. But yeah, it looks pretty cool, isn't it? I quite like the look of it. I'm not going to lie. It's literally a butcher's with some great turntables, a great sound system, and some nice records to play in. I'm I'm a fan of that. But just because because what I remember from listening bars, usually it's not a DJ. Usually it's like a Oh man, maybe I'm mistaken. Is a listening bar usually like it's kind of like a, a vinyl version of a jukebox? Like you go and put your record. Like they have a great record selection, and you go. So, or maybe you have opportunity to play five songs, and you just play them. But I guess because it's not maybe busy, they might best to get somebody in to play actual records. I'm not really too sure, but I do remember that being a thing. But anyway, regardless, I want to check it out. I want to see it. It was fucking cool. I love everything about it. Um, sign me up, Mister. Sign me up, Mister. I want to touch upon this article that's recently doing the rounds regarding Matthew Williams and his time at Givenchy and whether or not he's going to get a contract extension. Um, I think it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit out of order, the article, in terms of the question it raises and the assertion that he essentially is doing a bad job because they haven't been able to get confirmation that he's going to get a contract extension. But I think with the way the world is, and again, it sounds like a cop-out, but, you know, the way the world is in general and the changing nature of fashion and, you know, it being a flipping, um, a very somewhat 
microwavable industry in the first place anyway one minute you're hot next minute you're cold it would make sense for Givenchy to be able to be assessing their options um, given the designers who are currently available on the market now given how things are changing the chess moves that need to be made it's probably um, it's probably a sound business decision to kind of keep all your you know cards close to your chest in terms of what you want to do going forward but I think just analysing and kind of looking at it just from as a fan from the outside in and seeing what Givenchy was before and seeing what they're doing currently now at the moment and seeing how they're being covered in kind of, you know, the cultural papers and platforms that we have at the moment at the Hypebeast and the High Snobbies and the Vogues and the IEDs and all this sort of stuff. I think Matthew Williams has done a pretty decent job to get them back to some levels of cultural relevancy, whatever that means to you. I think people necessarily didn't care about Givenchy at all um you know post ricardo tishi leaving and you know when the other lady came in um claire something i forgot her name please forgive me um people also didn't care about that too tough i know people are now doing a lot of revisionist history in terms of saying oh we want her back but i do remember the panel's discussions on show studio i do remember reading the comments i do remember people on fashion twitter not really having good words to say or good things to say about her vision of Givenchy, especially because she came after such monumental genre shifting um, mind bending um, work from Ricardo Tishi stuff that he hasn't been able to replicate at all during his time at Burberry so maybe she was maybe you know she might have been unfairly critiqued but still Matthew Williams considering or Matthew M Williams considering his background considering he's not formally trained considering his inexperience to do what he's done I think is pretty commendable personally again not all of it hits not all of it is perfect like like most collections out there i think there are only a small selection i think in general fashion personally for me i feel like fashion fans and critics they don't necessarily understand how hard it is to really be one of the main ones like i you know the main main people out there who are really pushing freaking forward there isn't many of them there's maybe five to ten of them right who are really um you would say designers designers who are really talented who have been gifted who've been given the gift to flip and create clothes and be able to you know um inspire people you know for generations to come and whatnot and copy and have all these you know um copycats come beneath them it's not easy everyone else is basically playing you know for the participation trophy for the most part so if you can go in there being somebody that's pretty inexperienced being somebody that kind of just started from making your own brand in the leaks and being you know a kind of a scene person the bintro stuff the virgil stuff the kind of stuff you know the story with Matthew Williams to do that and then to go into essentially leading a house like Givenchy um you know on your own kind of quote-unquote is a lot do you know I mean and he's been able to do it so far pretty well I think so especially considering he hasn't been given the grace that other people have been given and that kind of goes to another topic I want to talk about again or another thing I want to touch upon before we go talk about the article it's interesting how fashion is quite classless in that way because Matthew Williams is a very 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 white looking person because he is white right but the kind of treatment he gets from the fashion press and from people in fashion Twitter is something you would maybe you've seen from the early days in fashion when Virgil was maybe starting at Louis Vuitton right that kind of um that kind of uh, suspicion that kind of uh, questioning and um, would only kind of apply to people that maybe didn't look like the people that you would describe working at fucking Vogue Paris head office back in the day when Emmanuel and Alt was there right just all white people they wouldn't really look at someone like a Virgil coming into a place like Louis Vuitton and they wouldn't really hold out any hope because they have a very you know white 
you know presenting way of kind of looking at things and they're very you know you have to go to a fashion school you have to intern here and when someone comes in with a very unconventional route it kind of just shakes them to their core but i do appreciate the fact that fashion is quite consistent in its hate when it comes to classism because when you come from a certain side of the tracks doesn't matter what you look like they're always going to look down upon you and i think that's what with my films is getting especially considering that he's come from the street where Kanye, Yeezy, Virgil Abloh side of things, right? And that kind of, I think, has kind of somewhat tainted his name and tarnished his name because if he was, if he looked exactly the same, but he happened to be one of the assistants at flipping, you know, because people do a lot. Somebody that flipping, you know, was doing a minor job at flipping Celine when Phoebe Philo was there. They put that in their flipping bio, and all of a sudden it kind of gives them um, a bit of clout that can allow them to get the flipping favor of journalists and stuff. And I don't think he's ever had that because obviously he has that kind of mark of the whole been true on him and all that sort of stuff. Because I think you'd see the same thing if Heron Preston, if Heron Preston went and was offered a job at a fashion house, you'd see the same hesitancy and questioning and just mockery of him because he comes from that Bincho, Yeezy, Kanye, Virgil camp. It just is what it is. And I like the fact that we're seeing that it applies both in terms of your skin colour, your race, and also just in terms of what side of tracks you're from because you're not from this highfalutin, um, established kind of poshy places. These guys still look down upon you. It's absolutely mad and gross. And the fact that New York Times is doing their bidding is pretty insane, to be honest. But the article is just a mad, it's just a mad article of just hate in general. That's what it looks like. Um, it's kind of, it's like an article that they they read on purpose to kind of break him right this is the article we're going to put and this this if i'm not mistaken this article was published just before he did his show it's like god damn it man like let me have a time time to just enjoy myself a little bit but anyway it doesn't doesn't matter it's written by a woman called jessica tester Jessica Tester is a hater. <laughs> Matthew and Williams will, under the right conditions, be open and generous and vulnerable. He will show you his slightly messy bedroom and fix you an iced coffee. And he cold, he cold brewed himself and tell you about his sometimes tortured love life and lean back on his big brutalist couch so that he's silver, so that a silver a sliver sorry of one of his most vulnerable parts of his body, the stomach, um, is torn on the account of his exercise routine, which also described if you like is revealed beneath his fitted white t-shirt. But he will not talk about his contract with Givenchy. Why would why would he tell you jessica about his contract with Givenchy? please please tell me in private contracts are the divided topic by any designer um in any for any designer in mr Williams' position um in june 2020 the tattooed all over american millennial and former Kanye west acolyte was appointed creative director of Givenchy, a fashion house best known for audrey hepburn's little black dress with pearl image or as a favorite uh, label for a-list celebrities yes some people still don't know Givenchy at all founded in 1950 we don't want to care about that they got a good picture of Matthew Williams there on the couch um today designers appointed at luxury fashion hat brands like Givenchy are typically given three-year contracts that is how long Mr Williams predecessor Claire that's it Claire White Keller famous for designing Meghan Markle's wedding dress famous you know Okay, stayed in the position. If the pattern holds, Mr. Williams has less than nine months before his employment officially extended or not. Again, hate. Um, while information is not disclosed revenue by brand it's um, semi-annual financial reports offer a qualitative idea of how much house is doing in 2021 for example sales at Mark Jacobs had a highly expressive surge while Celine, Luebe and Fendi each had a record year but there has been no mention of sales when it comes to Givenchy's clothing and accessories under the direction of Mr. Williams and Renaud de Lesquine who became the company's president and chief executive officer a few months ago before Williams appointment so they basically said 
saying that he's not selling enough. That's what they're trying to attribute it to. Now, I would be interested to see that if that's true or not, and whether or not he's maybe selling some, but not enough that they need to kind of make a noise about it. But let's compare his selling record to the lady that everyone's kind of pining for now, Claire White Keller. Let's get it out there because, you know, these fashion people are trying to make it seem as if if they return back to this lady who they didn't like in the first place, everything would be all right. But I think nowadays, especially this climate, it's just harder to sell clothes. It just is what it is. So somebody new, who not a lot of people know about, trying to come into an established house like Givenchy to try and sell clothes, um, especially considering the weight and the, sh the shadow that somebody like flipping Ricardo Tishi cast over that flipping brand, it's going to take a lot of work, mate. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. Just think about it. A lot, a lot of work. Alice and luxury industry are more clear. Givenchy has underperformed, says Mario Otelli from the Otelli company. Okay, he probably knows more than I do. Um, Luca Solkov, Sanford C. Burstein, um, whose firm tracks, among other things, how often brands are discontinuing. Their product said, from the moment the brand has yet to find a winning formula, Givenchy is ranked among the brands... Uh, with the strongest negative momentum according to the phone's research it isn't the disaster but probably a work in progress critics have totally dismissed mr williams work for the Givenchy. opinions have mixed but they rarely present any purely negative there are qualities of the utility golf and sorry golf golf and streetwear meets evening distressed aesthetic that always your own praise like a sharp tailoring and the core cool metal signatures of the accessories is it the co is it the coherency or is the broader vision that is more questioned these pictures of him are really nice though to be honest so these pictures are uh, this person called uh carla Hiraldo. these pictures are beautiful absolutely beautiful mr givenchy and givenchy headquarters a short walk from his home looks fucking beautiful um as such mr williams fate has been subject to gossip for at least a year in the industry so obsessed with momentum and consumption that is invented this new season pre four for example much depends on the continued enthusiasm from editors and celebrities and shoppers even if it takes time to see the financial results from the new leadership so mr williams and his team have made a plan on sunday the designer will present a runway show for men's and women's clothing held during the afternoon at Parisian Park this is the departure from the first two live audience shows which were highly lengthy and featuring both women's and men's collections I think he's done a good job personally for me from what I've seen there personally um, but obviously people you know in the flipping industry don't necessarily think so did she doesn't really know me says um him look at that great little tattoo on the back of his head there born in chicago and raised in california so mr williams 36 is self-taught with a resume not built on fashion school or ladder climbing at ateliers but working on production and retail then he created direction for lady gaga and ex-girlfriend and mr west and mr knight he helped co-found dj collective and fellow to future fashion stars virgil abloh and Perrin preston um, this is somebody who hasn't hankering for a bygone era since mr knight he was trying to do a modern things their project together included a short film set to a heavy metal soundtrack starring the model Laura Stone demonstrating Krav Maga while dressed in high fashion once William drank red wine while being tattooed so he would bleed more allowing Mr. Knight to make a print of the bloody tattoo on a white paper towel in 2015 Williams founded um, 1017 uh, Alix 9SM more commonly known as Alix named from one of his daughters the following year he was financed at the prestigious LVMH prize of young designers doors were opened and like collaboration dropped in 2018 Mr. Williams is known for being award connected his first campaign for Givenchy starred famous friends Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner play Bukayu starred themselves he is also well liked his friends um, often bring up his sweet disposition and good looks though to outsiders he seems to be guarded and barbed no because you don't know him him. again this is this whole thing is full of haters so his friends that actually know him who spend time around him 
say he's lovely, especially these old fashioned people, right? Who don't necessarily throw out compliments about people too easily. But then you who don't know him, journalists who are trying to basically question whether or not he'll have a job in a couple of months, you think he's fucking guarded and barbed. Of course he is because you're fucking trying to basically get him out of a job. But if you ask him, he has a lot of other, he has a lot of acquaintances, but very few close friends. You know, I'm, like, I'm the same. Sitting on his canopied and tiered slate coach uh, made by Michelle Lamy and Rick Owens, which requires one to sort of climb in order to sit on it. Miss Williams gazed out at his large terrace with a titanic view of Paris. This was a major selling point of the apartment, he said, along with being able to short work from Givenchy. His life in Paris was lonely at first. He moved in 2020 in an early and isolated pandemic. Miss Williams had always been a nomadic, but now he is a newly divorced father, alone in a new city with a high-pressure job who couldn't easily travel to see his children. His two daughters, aged five and eight, live in London with their mother and Miss Williams' ex-wife, formerly overseas sales via leaks, while his teenage son, as a previous partner, lives in the United States. God damn it. He's got three kids. Fucking hell. And then, what, his wife is now with, um, what's his face? Blondie McCoy, innit? Fucking brutal, the scene, innit? Um, I think the industry doesn't really know me, who I actually am, Miss Williams. I think that they have an idea of who I am um, from photo shoots, perhaps from the Givenchy Fragrance release earlier this year, but I spend all my free time with my family, kids, and then I work. So very much Virgil-esque in terms of his approach to life. When the girls visit every other weekend, Williams said, they tend to... Uh, they tend to strawberry plants in the terrace and he also takes cooking lessons in his life um is if his life sounds quaint bear in mind that he's equally enthusiastic about a water filter machine from japan that he said keeps his blood at a neutral ph amazing it's like three thousand or four thousand euros but then you never buy water miss new york city which he recently visited for a Givenchy party still feels the same like most to him, like home. The party was on a rooftop in New York's uh, city's new hotel, the Jewel, called the Nine Orchid. Though Miss Williams went to Brooklyn after to see a show at a rave venue he likened to our beef and massive club, New York City. It's where Alex started, something he felt the curators of the Met Costume Institute overlooked when they would, didn't include him in last year's exhibition. Jesus Christ. Interesting. They didn't include Alex in the exhibition, but they put Denim Tears in there. Hmm. Um, I think not to say Dim Tears is bad but you know it's probably the same sort of level I think sometimes maybe the American forget that I'm American I don't I don't know if there's a younger person in the industry um, that's heading a maison he, he said wondering aloud about the ages of Jonathan Anderson and the creative director of Lawyer Bain Demna they're both slightly older than him to archive um, but yeah the Ricardo stuff but yeah I personally think just to kind of close out this I'm not going to read the entire thing I personally do think he's being unfairly criticised. And I think, weirdly enough, this has kind of led to the kind of backlash you're seeing or the kind of outrage or tailspin that Kanye is kind of going for at the moment because I think he's seen this and basically seen a repeat of what maybe Virgil was going through. And if he believes his own conspiracy theory that LVMH somehow caused Virgil to be super stressed out to the point where he developed a cancer that kind of eventually led to his death, RIP, then maybe he's seeing one of his close friends go through the same sort of thing. He doesn't want to get repeated, but you know, Kanye kind of does stuff like with a sledgehammer. It's never soft. It's never, it's never kind of courteous or anything. It's always kind of really aggressive. So maybe this is kind of why he's going so crazy. But personally, considering what Givenchy looked like prior um, to him actually getting in there, I think he's doing a pretty decent job. I'm not going to lie. And I think a lot of the people on fashion Twitter who are criticizing it, 
don't remember just how bad it was under the lady called Claire White Keller. I think we are romanticizing Givenchy, remembering its good times under Ricardo Tishi. But as we've seen with Ricardo Tishi, now that he's at Burberry, he's lost the plot completely. He's not the same person anymore, which I'm actually fascinated to learn why. I actually, I think I made a comment about it the other day, actually, on somebody's Instagram about what actually happens to a designer. Why, how does somebody go from making genre bending, you know, forward thinking fashion that really changed the silhouette of men's fashion forever? Especially for someone like myself that was watching fashion shows and my interest in them, seeing these really, you know, I would say Jack, but like way bigger guys than I was used to seeing at Heidi Cement shows. The cuts, the shapes, the feminine, the sensitivity, the aggression in it, the kind of to and throwing you see with the models and the and the silhouettes and the cuts and stuff it was just amazing what Cartier was doing at Givenchy right and obviously it connected with people like Kanye and Jay-Z and the stuff they did watch and from blah de blah 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 and then he does and then he goes to Burberry and it just falls flat so clearly this job isn't easy so for somebody like you know um Matthew Williams to come into it as a relative novice not really having experience of working within a fashion house in the first place and be able to put together some coherent collections with some decent pieces in there that are I, I would say on the money and kind of fit what's kind of going on in terms of the cultural zeitgeist I think he's doing a pretty decent job and he has come you know tried his best to kind of pull this house kicking and screaming into the you know 21st century especially culturally wise right they've got kids in there gen z people sitting on front row cool influencers wearing it just on brand on tough stuff like this can this looks like something that you'd see i have a show from diesel from martin sorry um yeah from diesel from flipping um uh glenn martins um, maybe not the same quality but you know the aesthetic is basically the same so the fact that people are dunking on it so much i just feel like it's a little bit it's coming from a place of oh this guy is a streetwear dude he's not you know he's not a tailor he's not from he's not from a fashion school he didn't intern at this brand we don't like him his association with kanye with virgil that sort of stuff is basically muddying his name but i don't think it's as bad as people say it is he looks really cool here as well by the way in that kind of final shot on the runway there with these um shoes on and that big overcoat but yeah man it's just it's just it's a strange place to be overall with it i really do think it's a strange place to be um and i do hope it kind of works out for him and he does end up getting a contract extension or maybe it just ends up being a thing where he got some good experience from it and then he applies that to alix and alix goes from strength to strength because maybe he's also recognizing that maybe the grass is always green on the other side maybe actually having your own brand and be able to do exactly what you want to do and move to the beat of your own drum maybe is the best way to go forward because I actually think, weirdly enough, especially in the last few collections, Elix is maybe returning to some of his past glories because I feel like he's now finally getting his momentum. He's finally getting the hang of it of being able to design two, for two different brands at the same time, um, not have divisions kind of overlap and stuff. It's kind of doing it well. And again, it's hard to do. If someone like Demina can't do it with Vetamar you know, and Balenciaga, then you know it's going to be hard for most designers because you know those two brands were, you, you would say, two sides of the same person in terms of a personality. But yeah, big up Matthew Williams. Um, fuck the New York Times. Hopefully you get a new deal and a new contract because i like the stuff that you do i like the stuff that you do moving on um i want to touch upon all this kanye stuff but unfortunately it looks like he's deleted all of his flipping post i went on his account just now and it looks like he got scared i guess and just deleted all those posts that i wanted to talk about um that were really interesting so i'm gonna have to try to grab some online and see if i can find some of these flipping posts that he was speaking about so please bear with me please bear with me so i want to touch upon obviously the stuff that's going on with kanye at the moment right he's going for a bit of a tailspin and he's clearly just you know letting the flipping clip 
absolutely ring, not caring and absolutely burying anybody that kind of gets in his way. Post a whole White Lives Matter t-shirt that he debuted at Yeezy Season 9. And it seems to be an interesting flow of kind of insults that are kind of coming out of him because I think at the beginning of the day, I think I stressed the point on my social media platforms that it was quite interesting that despite him going at everybody, you know, he was attacking Hayley Bieber, he was attacking Justin, no, Justin Bieber indirectly attacking, what's her name, Gigi Hadid. We still hadn't heard him really address or clarify or refute the claims that Tremaine Emery made, or sorry, Emery made, which I think essentially set him off to be this angry today or whenever this was recorded, right? Um, and these comments, I feel like, have somehow really rung true and really stung him in a place where we don't really see Kanye be stung in a while. And I think that's certainly going to obviously set him on a completely different path in terms of him kind of firing shots at everybody. Because I don't think as bad as the, or as kind of critical as um, Gabriella's comments were in terms of her not really feeling the White Lives Matter t-shirt and, you know, the juxtaposition with that and the children's flipping Sunday service choir and the terrible clothes in general and maybe the show being a little bit underwhelming. I don't think that's really what set him off. I think what really set him off was whatever Tremaine put out here in his post especially considering it was him responding to Kanye's post where he was essentially trying to play the victim or trying to basically um, put out there that he's fighting a fight on a much higher and grandiose scale. And obviously with him mentioning the late great Virgil Abloh that set off Tremaine Emery who had to come out and say, nah, enough's enough. You can't be going out here kind of besmirching my friend's name and putting smut on his flipping name and his legacy when behind the scenes you're like this, you're like that, you're like this. But in general, in general, what was really kind of telling about this was that he never addressed any of these points. And still to this day of the time of recording, he hasn't really addressed any of the points that um, Tremaine brought up, which I'll just go over one more time. He said this following, your best friend Virgil, Negro please, this time last year you said Virgil's designs are a disgrace to the black community in front of all your employees at Easy. Arx Lucette Holland, I got all the receipts. Don't let me get into the things you said about V after his death. Yay, tell the people why you didn't get invited to Virgil's actual funeral and, and the one before the public one at the museum and why you weren't allowed to speak at his public funeral. You knew Virgil had terminal cancer and you rode on him in the group chats at Easy in interviews in songs etc you are broken or you are so broken or you are so broken keep Virgil's name out of your mouth keep Gabriella's name out of your mouth keep um, you're not a victim you're just an insecure narcissist that's dying for validation from the fashion world take care at least you'll, you'll always have Uganda so clearly these were coming from somebody that a lot of people would say is legitimate because he's been close to Kanye, he's worked for Kanye, he's collaborated with him, he's worked for a long time with his best friend at the time in Virgil. So all the stuff you would assume is coming from a somewhat real and true place. So this is what kind of set off, I think, the whole chain um, of events. But then I guess Kanye did finally uh, reply to Tremaine in terms of maybe setting the record straight in some respect and it was quite possibly one of the rudest replies back I've seen to anybody that you would deem to be your friend at one point in time. 
that it will kind of beggars belief to be honest and if i'm being honest as kind of funny as it is to watch this stuff from afar and to watch all this stuff burn and crumble because you know a lot of these guys i feel like have been you know for the most part living a lie anyway this exists in all scenes in all kind of you know um subcultures where the people with the most clout or the people that are the most famous or most connected they basically get away with murder and they have friends around them who enable them because they want to carry favor with them they want to get on guest list they want to get on seating list they want to be next to them in pictures they want to fly on a plane they want to go here go there wherever it may be so a lot of that stuff happens all the time and people kind of shut their mouth and don't say things or speak up when things go on or someone does something untoward or acts like a douche whatever it may be because they always want to be on that person's good side so part of me feels like these guys have all in their own way enabled Kanye's behavior but obviously in another way the guy's a grown man he can do and say whatever he pleases and there's only so much talking you can do to somebody before you just say hey you do what you do i'm doing what i'm doing i'm just gonna keep out your way but i feel like in general this is a maybe a lesson to the scene overall that if you're going to be overly political you have to decide how far you're really willing to go because kanye is deciding if it's if we're going to do the whole politics thing if we're going to do the whole like you know um, you're black and you're meant to represent this thing and that thing he's willing to go the complete opposite way that those guys are willing to go if those guys are willing to talk about you know inclusion and diversity and all that sort of good stuff he's willing to really kind of burn the boats and go for white lives matter and just say nah black people are the problem save you to trace and all that sort of mad shit so clearly there has to be some level of decision there has to be like a decision made if you're a creative out there whether or not you're going to allow politics to really influence your work whether or not you're going to let that affect people you collaborate with whether they have to align with you politically and societally in general for you to kind of collaborate them to make that way make that make sense whether or not the politics thing in general kind of frames your overall mindset and your personality and your view in the world whatever it may be you have to decide on that and i think this has been one of those kind of moments it's sort of like a weird i think even Tremaine said it's a it's a line drawn in the sand like either you're going to be on that side or you're going to be on this side but I just don't want to see all these walads in videos and in clips of a flipping Yeezy season 10 or out there with, at a Dunder fucking two or three party if this is what you're on and you think this guy doesn't represent what you represent then it is what it is not because he's Kanye that you kind of have to make special rules and bed over backwards if it's smoke it's smoke if you don't agree with what he has to say and you feel like he's a danger to the community and he's hurting kids and he's words of violence all this sort of nonsense that you have to kind of just cut the cord but you know these people and they like to talk a big game and then when it comes down to it when season when paris fashion week comes around again and it's time for an album release and he's doing a show with fucking future or with drake somewhere everyone's going to be on his dick trying to get on the list so that's when things change but i thought this what he said about tremaine was incredibly out of order incredibly rude and weirdly enough ended up throwing loads of other people under the bus who had nothing to do with it else whatsoever so this is courtesy of his instagram that he's obviously now deleted because you know Kanye as well is like somebody he does this quite often too he talks a big game and loves to kind of go on like he's a bad boy but in general look at all these posts he had he had nearly 42 posts and I think all of them are gone apart from these three he deleted every single one of them so he spoke a big game he was on there kind of gave it the big one but then I guess he got the word behind the scenes and he kind of you know um, acquiesced and deleted all them or archived all those all those posts in general so you know Kanye you know is a little bit um Chat, talks out of his ass as well in that regard which is interesting too because you can't say that to him because you say he talks out of his ass and he will go and destroy you so what a weird time to be alive we are isn't it? he designs a t-shirt that's meant to be provocative people respond to the provocation and he gets a hissy fit fucking wild dude so this is the post that he put out about tremaine he says the following tremendous right 
in the box logo font. Pretty horrible font and where he's put, especially for someone like Kanye to put that together, it's a little bit sloppy, a little bit crass and whatever it may be. But essentially, um, the caption of it underneath the post reads as follows, courtesy of this um, Kanye Twitter account that reposts all the stuff that he does. So obviously you can get a bit of pieces of the things that he said, even if he doesn't end up deleting them. It says as follows, Andrew Tremaine, I'm changing your name forever. Tremaine's new name is the BLM officer at Supreme. This is tremendous. No relationship to Sean Mendes or even Mendes for clarity because Latinos believe in God. This guy is such a prick. And I refuse to believe, I refuse to believe this is the first time they've had a, a taste of Kanye being a cunt. I, be, I refuse because, you know, not to kind of, because I think I remember when I was coming up in the scene, there were many people that I had a lot of issues with in terms of their personality and them being cunts and other people around me not recognising that they're cunts and me having this weird, like, kind of like, re kind of like having this weird reality breakdown. Like, can't you see this guy's a prick? Like, why are you not calling it out? But because he's got a good party, because he's known, because he does this. I couldn't figure it out, which is why, you know, luckily... I didn't engage in it too much. I just took a step back and kind of did my own thing, which maybe hurt me in the long run. But, you know, sanity and mental clarity stuff is obviously for the best. But I do remember that being a thing. Like, can't you guys notice that this guy's a piece of shit? And I refuse to believe this Kanye stuff that he's doing now is the first instance of him calling people out. We've seen the video of him, you know, essentially talking to Chance the Rapper like he's some nomad on the street that he doesn't know and being really disrespectful to him on camera. I don't know what happened prior or happened after, but that little clip tells me everything you need to know about Kanye and the way he talks to his friends. So I don't believe this is the first time they've had an instinct or an inkling or an encounter with Kanye where he's been really disrespectful because this is crazy, really. If someone, this is your friend... Because they always say you have to be careful of your friends when they get mad and what they say when they get mad. Because if your friends get mad and they say some shit, then usually it means they've been burying that thing deep down and now they've got an excuse to say it. So the fact that he's saying this says a lot. And to be honest, this is the sort of stuff no amount of sorries or a dinner at Lucian's is going to change. This is like, we're done. I mean, you're dead to me. If I see you, it's fucking on-site sort of stuff. That's what it is, sort of stuff he's saying here. This is wild. Especially for someone like a Kanye as well, who's going around with the fucking gum shield on in his mouth, acting like he wants to fight and shit. Like, it's just, it's quite, it's quite sad. I'm not going to lie. It continues. Companies don't hire creative directors. They hire BLM officers, which is absolutely insane to say, right? Literally devaluing any kind of hard work that he's put in, the hard yards. Because even if you're saying he got hired as a BLM officer or he got hired in terms of, um, what do you think called affirmative action, the guy has still put a lot of work in regardless. Like the work that he's done from the beginning, I don't need to, 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 to blow his trumpet, you know, Tremaine's done a lot of good stuff. To, to just reduce him to being a BLM officer is fucking obscene. But again, it continues. Um, for all the people that hate you and your weak ass pants and know you only got your job since you were black and you were used to work for me and you knew Virgil. I don't think that makes any sense personally for me because I do remember there being this iconic picture of Kanye West Virgil Abloh, right? Where they were walking around New York or something. I think it was around the time when Kanye met up with Drake. No, with Drake met up with Virgil and they have the same outfit on. They had the same Ar Arterix jacket on. Yeah, there we go. I got it here. Yeah, Kanye. I'm sorry, Virgil with the Arterix jacket on and the Iraq hat and um, the jeans from Vlone, I think. And uh, he's Jordan Fives. And then Kanye had the flipping Dead in Tears jacket on underneath uh, Parker. 
So clearly, he doesn't think... Maybe he thinks the pants are weak and he likes the jacket. I'm not too sure. But clearly, the pant, the jacket was good enough for him to wear, especially when he was going through his little chubby phase, right? And he was happy with it. So the fact that he's now trying to rewrite history and make it seem like this man doesn't know how to design good clothes is, again, clearly just him being mean for the sake of it because he knows what that does to a creative, right? Mentioning the work that they do. I think he said something about you in an ambush. Her clothes, clothes are weak and she felt that. All this sort of stuff. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to kind of twist a knife and to kind of get under people's skin and affect their comfort because he knows as being a creative himself. When people criticize your work, that's the thing that you really react to because like himself, you know? He flipped a lid over those fucking long sleeve t-shirts that everyone doesn't like. So clearly he knows that people get when the stuff that um that they work hard on kind of gets dismissed or kind of insulted by people and it continues it says um hey tremendous hey supreme tremaine doesn't even skate you got your girlfriend to record me without my knowledge so you could threaten me on behalf of your virtual killing bosses you don't have the money to make it out of this one alive fucking wild Insulting somebody that works at Supreme that doesn't skate is insane because James Jebbio doesn't skate and he founded the company. So that's completely mute. And there are many people who work in the actual head offices of Supreme as designers, as consultants who don't skate either and just work for the brand because it's one of the fucking biggest brands in the world. This idea that you can't, if you don't skate, you don't work for Supreme is insane. But again, he's just being mean. And then it continues here. Your girlfriend um, uh, threatened me with that knowledge so you could uh, threaten me that you're behind the Virgil killing bosses. I guess what he's going at here is that um, is what Tremaine said in this post, if I'm not mistaken, right? This part of it where he mentioned this person's name, Lucette Holland. Lucetti, I think, Lucchetti or Lucchetti, how do you pronounce that? Lucchetti? I guess Lucchetti. And when I Googled this person earlier, I found out they were, I'm not sure if they're still there, maybe they're not because Kanye probably fired them, but they were a designer at Yeezy. Um, and this person clearly had reported back to to to, to you know to what you call it Tremaine oh my god you would never hear what Kanye said about the and I guess you must have recorded some of it also but that's the person that he's basically talking about um in the post which is again again throwing other people under the bus whatever it may be but then you can maybe say you know him mentioning the names and not wanting to post receipts maybe him already declaring war in the first but I don't really know but I still think it's horrible um um, you don't have enough money to make out of this again you know this these are these are bars that you would expect somebody that knows you would be saying because these are all very personal he's clearly kind of intimating or hinting that maybe Tremaine doesn't have money the fact that his bosses are under him like all these things are just nasty as friends nasty 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 things and then this thing about your Virgil killing bosses is insane because he's still not letting go of this idea because he think for some reason Kanye thinks LVMH has bought Supreme which they haven't it's a other company called um what's it called vf something right um they also own flipping north face and a few other companies they're the ones that own a stake in flipping supreme not uh not flipping lvmh unless kanye is inadvertently in his own way telling us they do by burying his friend at the same time i'm not really sure but he's got this boner in his thing about flipping you know but i know being the reason why kanye virgil passed away which again is just the guy, man, let him rest in peace, man. Like, honestly, this is not, not a way to honor someone's legacy, especially someone like that who tried his best to bring people together and just kind of keep the peace. It continues. This is the worst mistake of your life. But hey, if somebody jumped in front of a train, what you expect? You broke my heart, Tremendous. I took you off the streets, Tremendous. Only because you was the struggle version of virtual. <laughs> honestly, that must be one of the that must be one of the most hilarious and like i said earlier one of the most hilarious and mean-spirited insults i've ever seen in my entire life like calling somebody the struggle version of virgil it's just 
beyond disrespectful. And again, that's what I'm saying. This is the sort of stuff where, because that's the thing with Kanye. He's got a little bit of a DJ academics in him. He talks a big game. He rants and raves online, but he's never really outside the way he thinks he's outside. He goes to fashion shows and stuff, but who's he going to bump into in real life in terms of actually being about? He's not there. You know, he's a billionaire. He's surrounded by security. Whenever he goes, I don't know, all this, it's just annoying. See the picture of him coming out of the hotel with a gum shield on like he's in the middle of fucking you know johannesburg or something it's just silly you know what i mean whatever we continue um i'm your conscious tremendous hi uh, hi i'm tremendous conscious i think it's okay for my girlfriend to get receipts by saving text and recording yay without him knowing yeah tremendous that will be perfect um that will be perfect the culture will love to see you destroy one of its bravest heroes hey tremendous tell yay to keep virgil's name out of his mouth that's going to go over um with flying colors hey tremendous you got enough money to go to go against yay hey tremendous um go go become the black lives matter officer at supreme even though you're not a real skater or a real designer hey tremendous listen to your conscience ignore the fact that your boss's security guards just slapped a child i don't know what that means I guess he means some, something happened with Bernard and the security guard. I don't know. Matter of fact, tremendous. You should be the new Malcolm X assassin. That's a great legacy. Tyler hates you. That's a, again, he's just throwing people under the bus. So now we have this knowledge that Tyler, creator, and, and Tremaine don't get along. Do we need to know that? No. Horrible. Continues. Tall real skaters and or real creators with talent bootleg this tea and sell it as a protest to talentless NPC scumbags who get jobs over you because corporations want to control the oppressed black vote with struggle Virgils. Absolutely heinous stuff to come out of him, right? In terms of accusing people of different things. Like he just and again, like I said, I just don't think this is the first time he's done this. I think he's done this before. People make excuses because it's Kanye and they don't want to lose favor with him and they want to be his friend and blah, 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 blah. I just think it's absolutely terrible personally for me. But the other thing that was really, really heartbreaking about the whole incident that I thought was really, really bad was... Bubbly, 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 bah. Where is it? If I can find it here. Was this. This is what, and this is the post taken from uh, Kanye's main, obviously, profile before he deleted everything, like the big P word that he is in this regard. And there's this post here where he said, Uzo, I don't know if it's Uzo or Uzo, I'm not sure if he means Uzo Mongo, that guy who's a stylist. I think it's Uzo Mongo, Uzo Monji, I forgot his name. Um, I think he's a Nigerian dude who's an OG stylist from back in the day. I remember him from times of like Philippus, London and shit. I'm not sure if he means him or if he means Uzi Vert, I'm not too sure. But anyway, or somebody else could Uzi, who knows. But he says, Uzo told me, tear Tremaine's fucking head off. So again, burying somebody else in the rave who doesn't need to get involved in this stuff. The influence is real. Liana Fabian will never sneak you so no pussy behind Lucette's back again. So this guy is basically letting us know that whoever Liana Fabian is and this Lucette woman who used to work for Yeezy, again, another of his employees who you'd imagine would be a close friend of his, he's basically letting it be known that Flipping Tremaine allegedly was fucking this woman's girlfriend behind her back or whatever it may be. Like, who does stuff like this? Like, legitimately, who does stuff like this to their friends? You were once friends, and this again, this all started because this man dared to question him, dared to kind of call him out because he was attacking some woman who basically had a pretty nuanced and fair critique of his shirts. The shirts were 
meant to be divisive they were meant to kind of cause conversation and get people to debate stuff and she put out her comment she didn't like it she thought it was destructive she thought it wasn't helpful she's one of those people that, be that believes words are violent bloody blah 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 and she made her point known that was it it was really respectful i thought it for the most part it didn't really wasn't mean spirit at all it was less mean than anything kathy horner said about kanye you ever seen him do the same thing to her right if you want to talk about that, or okay, this girl might be bigger, but Kathy Horn doesn't look like fucking Giselle Bunchen, does she? He could have went after her, but he doesn't. So again, this guy is like, he's just not a good dude, bro. Like clearly not a good dude. And again, that's what I'm saying. Some of these guys, I think maybe deserve a little bit of this because they've been protecting and kind of not refusing to say these things in public about people because they want to kind of protect their connects and their industry links and shit. But then when it kind of blows up, they're the ones that pay the biggest price. That's why probably someone like a Heron Preston needs to get a big shout out because he, he minds he's the business that pays him. He doesn't get involved in this at all. He's nowhere to be found at all. He hasn't liked a single post. He hasn't done anything. He's way, way over somewhere in New York enjoying himself, him and his girlfriend and creating good little flipping 3D shoes and orange jackets and shit. He's not involved in this in the slightest. So it probably is best to kind of adopt a Heron Preston side of things and just mind your business. But it continues here. Um, but honestly, I did know you could smash joints you could smash rocky level joints i'm proud of you <laughs> he's such a kind honestly if i'm tremaine like we have to get down we have to get down man you can't be talking about it, but it's in public we have to get down you're trying to call me tremendous and i, I think i saw when i was on tremendous when i was on tremaine's post last I think maybe if I could refresh this, I scanned through the comments and mad flipping Kanye trolls were in the comments just spamming him saying tremendous, 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 a BLM officer of fucking Supreme and shit in the comments. That was all they were saying in there, going at him again and again, like crazy shit. So if this is what you're doing, you're sending all your sycophants, what do you call them? You're sending all your sycophant peanut gallery algorithm fans after me, then I have to go in. You know what I mean? I have to go in as well. And when I see you, it's going to be up. So this is what basically has happened. Um, Murder Bravado is even getting in there as well and saying, F flipping, um, what you call it, Kanye. Mad, isn't it? You'd think he'd be a good, a big Kanye fan, but maybe actually he's more of a Virgil guy, though, isn't it? Um, in terms of him bringing him in and, and whatnot. But yeah, like. This is an opportunity for our hands, really is. It has to be an opportunity for our hands because this can't be like something that gets sorted out over a dinner somewhere in a swanky hotel. This is something that, you know, it's crossed the line and it is what it is, but it kind of proves, like I said before, that Kanye's probably always been a bit of a piece of shit, to be fair. Um, but people kind of, you know, ignored it because at the time he was making great music, he was making great fashion, he was making great cultural events and people wanted to be a part of it and just be around that kind of aura and that star power, right? And have it rub off on themselves. And clearly for some people it has rubbed off on themselves because they've been able to launch their own careers off of the back of everything that he kind of uh, built and, you know, his influence in general. So it obviously made some sense, but now it's all kind of blown up in their faces and their whole cool guy cut house of cars are come tumbling down. Everyone's kind of seen of what they are. Maybe that's his overall point. Maybe he felt like, hey, you can't call me out because I know what you guys are like actually behind the scenes. But then I just think, you know, some things you should never speak about in public, especially if they're your friends, you just keep storm. The fact that he's airing people out, accusing people of cheating, all this sort of stuff is just, that stuff you can't take back. You can't take that stuff back. That stuff that has to, you have to kind of stand on it forever. Like forever, 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 forever. Like you have to stand on it. The fact that even he did this to flipping um, Ambush. So Yoon from Ambush is flipping quite mean as well right what what has she done to deserve this ambush week rocky fucked yoon 
because she dared to like one of Tremaine's posts. He's now decided to say that about her. And now she's out there on her fucking platform fighting for her life, making these posts as well that, you know, are pretty lame to be, be completely honest. You know, considering what he said about her, to come out with this reply, again, just shows how people are so scared of Kanye, bro. Like, he has such a weird influence and a hold on people. She posts this picture of the shoes that she has coming out soon um, and it says, um, Nike Ambush official art, it's an error just Air Force dropping soon and coming 10, 18, 10th. And he put a Bible quote there, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Exodus 2016, Kanye West, I thought you knew talking talking about God all the time. Read God, hashtag, like that's not a good read that's not a good comeback when somebody basically has insinuated that you may have cheated on your husband with fucking asap rocky or maybe he left it open because some people in the comments were flipping i don't know why people are so dumb they were kind of maybe thinking this is a current thing no he's obviously suggesting that back when flipping rocky did that lsd video where they were you know she was the video girl and i think they had the intimate kissing or whatever he's suggesting that during that time rocky might have fucked who cares none of our business we don't really give a fuck but the fact that he put it out there in the way that he put it out there he clearly wanted people to kind of make their own conclusion and to kind of throw smart on his name and again rocky's been fighting like fighting hard to kind of prove everybody wrong that he's not gonna cheat on rihanna from the guy that made that fucking rumor about them together um and him being with some other girl like it's just it must be difficult day to day and this comes out of the blue so it's kind of a backhanded compliment he gives here because he says oh you're fucking a rocky level joints to tremaine then he says rocky it's just like come on geezer and then the weirdest one for me personally just to kind of end all this stuff because you know it's all a bit gross the weirdest one was definitely the one uh pertaining to the the flipping balenciaga employees so i guess he was upset that some of the balenciaga employees were agreeing or liking flipping tremaine's post so he basically decided to dox them right like by putting all their flipping instagram flipping profiles up on the screen he just docks them essentially by putting them up on there and then writ the most weirdest flipping caption in the world regarding why they would have done that and why he feels agreed to it which is strange because it was just the other day he was bragging about spending the most money at flipping balenciaga and now all of a sudden the people who don't agree with him um again he's, he, he said he wants to be free to have an opinion and to have an expression but then if you express that you think he's chatting shit he throws a flipping hissy fit it's really strange man really really strange but i guess that's the what a narcissist does not it there's always one rule for you one rule for them sort of thing um whereas if i can find it there's loads of screenshots here that i need to dig through but essentially it's him getting at the flipping uh blenshagen place i think it might be this one is it this him getting a blend, yeah, there you go. It's him getting a blend employees and writing the following. So this is again image GR one, so you can see there, and this is the caption. These are the people at Balenciaga that have hearted Tremaine's post where he threatened me. All I've done for Balenciaga. I love when people expose who they are. I love the fact that he's sounded like a Karen as well. Tremaine threatened me, bruv You threatened everybody. You threatened war on people. You threatened to take people down. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do that. Tremaine basically has caused you a bluff, and now you're saying he's threatening you. Strong Karen energy in it from him. It's really strange. Again, continue another one. There are people that have been that hearted Tremaine's post. Duh, duh, duh. Um, now we don't have to be fake with each other anymore. All of you hate me and Debna's relationship. <laughs> it's funny he says that because he thinks Debna's gonna choose him over his close collaborators and friends I and mean, clearly if, I, if i'm not mistaken last time i checked them now i'm following everybody i think he was following kanye balenciaga and his boyfriend his actual boyfriend and then he's not following anybody anymore so clearly that didn't work 
Demler is the most relevant designer, so it makes sense that he uses Kim Ye, the most relevant performance artist on the planet. And you fashion and art bitches hate it. Kim is a hybrid of Marina Abramovich, Mar Marilyn Monroe, and Hillary Clinton. What? I am Joseph Buse and Andy Kaufman and D David Hammonds. I am every artist's favorite artist. I am Kim's favorite performance artist, even though she's a more popular. I am Drake's favorite artist, even though he's more popular. <laughs> insult again there no 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 i got a better one i'm drake's favorite artist even though he's more drake i feel like um mega mind ever since me and drake made up i miss my rival bernard weak he just uses normal war strategies like hiring a struggle virgil to threaten me with receipts i miss the wars just a really bizarre and unhinged and again i don't think it's unhinged i'm not going to go down a crazy route i just think the guy's a cunt personally i think the 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 whole mental health thing is a bit of an easy cop out for somebody who's being a bit of a prick um i don't think that's the case i think he's just a prick simple as that or this is just strong strong prick energy and because he's been able to make cool clothes people kind of let him get away with it and that's kind of the vibe do you know what i mean that's basically the vibe he makes cool clothes and people let him get away with it which is pretty obscene and pretty horrible but it does basically say a lot about the fashion industry in general to be fair if you make cool clothes people do basically let you get away with absolute fucking murder and it's pretty pretty insane the last one to post about this is this one which is fucking wild this guy is flipping nuts so this is him posting a picture of kylie jenner in one of her outfits during paris fashion week and the caption says as follows okay okay i'll admit i got johan who i guess is this guy the stylist i'm assuming to sneak anastasia victoria and carter into the Balenciaga show and yes the whole world knows i've got a crush on stas so stasi right who happens to be one of um, Kylie's best friends from what I can tell online and somebody she's known since she was a teenager somehow he's got a crush now on his ex-wife's little sister's best friend make that make sense um and says I got a crush as well the man's nearly 50 years old I was saying he's got crushes wild but Victoria's dope too I just feel dope people should not be held back by fear of losing anything just like I told Matt Williams if you lose anything because of my post I'm here there's a choice to the Calabasas Mafia I don't even know what that means but it's just obscene that he's trying to hit on flipping his ex-wife's little sister's best friend it's quite nuts to be completely fair but again very on point for what he's about as a person but yeah an absolute shit server situation um, many friendships essentially de demolished and broken off the back of this because, you know, Kanye basically doesn't like it when people, you know, ha have a retort for the things that he does or maybe call his bluff or maybe insinuate that he's dumb or maybe insinuate that he's not learning. I don't know what it is. There's something he has an insecurity about something that kind of sends him into deep end of this sort of stuff that he doesn't like in the slightest. Um, he went after flipping Hayley Bieber and insinuated that she's a whore. He went after like mad people in this thing and it's just really mad. But there is this thinking that I shared beforehand where there was a text going around. Somebody shared a screenshot of some DM with somebody who's meant to be in a know who was alleging that the overall kind of 5D chess plan was for Kanye to do all this stuff on purpose so that he could 
basically nullify his Yeezy contract with Adidas because he essentially wants to take control of it and basically be able to make Yeezy type designs. I don't think he can actually make Yeezy type designs anymore because I think he's got a non-compete clause in his contract. But regardless, he wants to basically have full ownership of Yeezy and not have it in partnership with Adidas and maybe produce it in whatever factories he's been buying in America these days. And somebody was saying that, or the leak that came out of that DM was basically alleging that maybe Kanye's doing this on purpose so that he can get, he can put Adidas in a position where they have to, they have to kind of cut him loose because, you know, he's deciding to go full MAGA. And, you know, most companies out there aren't full MAGA. They're definitely more on the left-leaning side of things. So it's maybe a, a big ploy to do that. But at what cost? You get all the money in the world. You become uh, even richer than what you are. Multi, multi, multi billion dollar guy. Maybe a billion in the fucking three digits, you know, whatever maybe. But then at what cost? You end up, you know, essentially ostracizing yourself from your community you end up losing some long-term friendships off the back of it but then you have more money than god and no real people around you to call you out on your shit it doesn't seem like the great life to me but regardless um Ada's statement on it was incredibly vague and incredibly wishy-washy and kind of reminded me of like statements clubs put out about their star player being involved in something untoward like a sexual assault thing or money you know thing or betting thing or a car crash or something it's always these kind of weird vague statements because because at the end of the day, those the places like you know fashion and sports are maybe the same in that regard. If you're talented and if you're really good at what you do and you generate clicks and engagement and all that sort of stuff, you sell tickets, people are gonna make excuses for you. And this is them making excuses. Adidas says as follows. Adidas has always been about creativity, innovation and supporting athletes and artists to achieve their vision. The Adidas and Yeezy partnership is one of the most successful collaborations in our industry's history. We are proud of our team that has worked tirelessly throughout our collaboration with Ye and the iconic products that we were born from it or that were born from it. We also recognize that all successful partnerships are rooted in mutual respect and shared values. After repeated efforts to privately resolve the situation, you would imagine after that sentence it would be like we're terminated, but look at here's what they say. After repeated efforts to privately resolve the situation, we have taken the decision to place the partnership under review. We will continue to co-manage the current product during this period. So it doesn't say that they're going to end the partnership. It just says it's going to be under review. So that means if he comes out and basically declares his love for Joe Biden, <laughs> right, or basically says Ron DeSantis is a scumbag, I don't know, whatever the left want him to say, does that mean he'll get his deal back with Adidas? And they'll all, for be, all be forgiven, like... You niggas can't forget the things he said about you. You can't, especially some of the people that got blasted on his Instagram that has to live with you forever. You can't just let man just get away with just saying stuff like that because he makes cool shoes or he's going to make a decent album here and there. Like that's not, that's not worth it, I think. And of course, Kanye's reply was very fitting in that respect at the time. What do you say? Where is it? Uh, I think it's this one or this one. Come on, where is it? Oh, did I kind of move it around again? Where is it? There, that's what replies here, I think. Yeah, Kanye's replies as follows. Regarding the Adidas announcement, and um, we took a screenshot of a tweet, you know, sharing the relate the kind of announcement from uh, somebody texted him, I guess, the tweet link, and he said, "Fuck Adidas, I am Adidas. Adidas raped and stole my designs." A little bit extra, a little bit OTT, but you know, it's classic Kanye, right? Um, raped and stole my designs, even though they were in the partnership, which is possible to do. But anyway, regardless, um, that is the current affairs going on with that whole shebang. Um, hopefully tomorrow is a much calmer day and we can kind of be devoid of having Kanye on our flipping social media stream because I'm tired of it I want to do other things and talk about other things but you know this guy's a big person in culture so I guess in some regards I have to or I'm obliged to cover it but I'm glad it's over I'm glad it's over anyway that is the show
Axiom Thing Show episode number 606. Thanks again for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual. If it's your first time, check out the show. You know what to do. Smash like, hit subscribe, leave me a comment down below. If you're watching via YouTube, thank you. If you're listening via the podcast app, thank you. And if you're listening via the podcast app, you will hear a tune of the day. If you're watching via YouTube, you won't hear anything. It'll just stop. So peace. Take care. Bye. This shit really that simple. Ain't nobody fucking with me and Uncle Al. Discussing business with the game, nigga. I be fucking bitches in my chain. A couple killers, I got tame, nigga. Them the fundamentals of the game. I'm up on niggas, you ain't fucking with us, so enough of jumping in my lane. I went from hustling to the stage when West put me up a level in the game, nigga. Real brick talk, lead a Benz Park. I kicked out and made the bitch walk. Would you charge, Benny? Features cost 20. That just mean you niggas 10 short. I was sick of sitting in court, judge a white devil with a pitchfork. Used to have to call a cab round, now a nigga only drive imports. Respect the sun, I can't earn for you. But loyalty, I can return to you. Cause you was there when it was turmoil. A nigga still can get burned for you. If I'm around, I can learn from you. Oh, I got a genuine. You were concerned for you Put your homie on, he turned on you No talking, we purge on you That's not for the camera I fucked her over a banister Only a gangster can handle her I really trapped all night Stamina Surviving up duchess and sandwiches You throw a party, my shooters can cancel it My label gon' cover the damage And say I'm the best It never go to my head But they at my shows are chanting it I went and got it I went and got it I did what they couldn't And I got receipts Look what I did, nigga Ah since 2018, I had the streets City introduced me to the game Doug gave me my first square West showed me the formula But I'ma make my own self a millionaire It's fact I did this shit for y'all My niggas up top City introduced me to the game Doug gave me my first square West showed me the formula But I'ma make my own self a millionaire In four years put the foundation Why these hating niggas sat around waiting Trying to do it, me and Al make it Who knew the sound would take us somewhere groundbreaking I could let you niggas have that style taken I switch it up, I had a style waiting Upper level, never downgrading Got it locked down like a child safety Locked back home, I'm like Warren Buffett Or M.O.K. with F or with Summers Made it out the hood with no problem With no father and a poor mother I was raised in a dope house We had sticks in it like we storing lumber Next I'm doing monthly store numbers Cook a chicken like I took a course from her I just wanna put a fork in you Holds one child support from you Rich niggas that's Porsche lovers On cell blocks wearing orange jumpers I started from nothing Fans choosy about the artists I fuck with Too successful, I'm all of a sudden They gon' blame it on all of this money I went and got it